Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis of gifts and so you don't want to miss that guys I'm telling you right now it's amazing how fascinated I was thinking this today the world is with superpowers people are fascinated with supernatural abilities whether this is to fly whether this is to go invisible to shrink the world has always been fascinated by supernatural powers this is why we see superhero movies so oversaturated and so exhausted in our culture it feels like we have 35 superhero movies every single year and this is a telltale sign that the world is open and they're hungry for the supernatural. They're hungry for the moving of something abnormal, the moving of, of a higher power. And this is crazy because this is not something that is abnormal to the kingdom. This is something God put on every single person. Here's the reality. There is a desire on the inside of you to know, to learn, and to walk in supernatural abilities. These are given to the church. God created every human being to be power assisted. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the spirit comes upon you now this is not natural power this is supernatural power we've been preaching for the last couple months on deliverance and this is all about the supernatural power this is about the supernatural realm you are called to live every day in the spirit realm you've been given supernatural abilities by the power and the presence of god you've been called and anointed to be power assisted first corinthians 4 20 the kingdom of god is not about talk it is about power and demonstration so guys the kingdom that we're living in is not not just an all-taught kingdom it is a kingdom that is about power it is about movement it's about supernatural abilities most people don't know we've been given supernatural abilities now you cannot tap in to supernatural abilities if you don't know about them you can't use something that you're ignorant to the church is not filling the need that God has put in us for the supernatural so the Hollywood is capitalizing on this there's a reason why witchcraft is called curious arts in the Bible it's because people have a natural curiosity when it comes to supernatural gifts and supernatural abilities many of us as a kid we looked up to superheroes we googled supernatural powers and we dreamed of having the power to do something above the ordinary for the supernatural to be released in our life and that's because god put that desire in you hollywood has manipulated it hollywood has stolen it from the church and i'm telling you if the church does not teach the next generation about the supernatural abilities that god has given us the world's going to if the church doesn't teach about the supernatural we're not talking natural abilities we're not talking about being able to speak good we're not talking about being able to administrate good or having charisma we are talking about supernatural powers that transcend the natural universe the natural realm the natural dimension these are supernatural powers that God has given us I'm going to show you why I keep using the word supernatural powers and not spiritual gifts but there's a reason why people are so fascinated by this the devil has perverted this but I want you to know this and write this down I hope you have a notepad and paper out God is the author of supernatural abilities. The devil did not invent supernatural abilities. When you talk about mind reading, that's a perversion from the word of knowledge gift. When you talk about telekinesis, you talk about all these demonic things and demonic powers. These are all perversions of what God originally intended for the church. The devil has zero creative power. He's a manipulator and he is a perverter, okay? Not a pervert, a perverter. And he perverts the things of God. We've been giving these incredible spiritual gifts, yet I don't 
don't understand why many believers don't use them. There's 770 of you listening, and I, I, it's safe for me to step out and say most of us listening and watching tonight are not using the supernatural abilities or supernatural powers or superpowers, because it actually does translate to superpowers that God has given us. But I believe tonight we're going to train you, we're going to equip you, we're going to activate you. I don't know about you, but I want to be activated in the supernatural abilities. I want to walk in the spirit. I can't live my life in the natural. I was called for the spiritual realm. So it's. I was reading a statistic years ago about gift cards, and this is what they said about gift cards. I was very amazed on how they're able to sell gift cards at a discounted rate. If you go to Costco, they'll have restaurant gift cards. They'll say, okay, we're going to sell $50 worth of gift cards for $30. And I said, how are they doing this? How are they selling gift cards at Costco for cheaper than, they're at, than they actually are or the value? And this is what I found out. The reason why they're able to discount gift cards is because one out of every three gift cards purchased never get used. In other words, you get gift cards as a gift from somebody to a restaurant you don't like. Okay, for me, it's Applebee's. I will not go to Applebee's. The devil works at Applebee's. Please don't buy me an Applebee's gift card. Someone said teleporting was a desire as a kid. Teleporting's biblical, y'all. It's called translating, and Jesus actually teleported, and so did the disciples. Okay, that's a whole nother, sir. If you guys want me to preach on teleportation or translation, let me know one day, but that's another time. But people oftentimes get gift cards and they throw the gift cards in the drawer and never use them. And this is a perfect picture of how the gifts of the Holy Spirit are used. God has given us these supernatural gifts and we throw them in a drawer somewhere and we never use them. This is what we're doing as believers. We have all these gifts we never use. It's a sad day when we stand in eternity before God and God says, what did you do with the gifts that I've given you? Yeah, teleportation is in the Bible. What, what have you done with the gifts that I've given you? And we have nothing, we did nothing with them, guys. I've said this before there's no sick people in heaven there's no uh, demonized people in heaven there's nobody in heaven that needs to be baptized or discipled this these gifts are for right now to establish the kingdom of God to establish his government on the earth guys you have to understand everything we're preaching on everything we're teaching on this channel on this Facebook page is how to establish God's kingdom on the earth now the reason why I've been going a lot about deliverance is because that's an establishing of God's kingdom Jesus said when a demon comes out and the kingdom of darkness is destroyed that's how you're able to bring the kingdom of God and establish so we cannot establish anything without first removing the kingdom of darkness but we need these supernatural powers we need these superpowers everyone's talking about teleportation now we need these to be able to display God's kingdom on the earth Christians wait around for gifts to fall in their lap this is the major issue the supernatural abilities of the spirit is that we wait around for them to fall in our lap and let me just say this they're not going to fall on your lap a lot of people that are sensationalists say the gifts are not for today and the way they say that is they say well if they were real I would have experienced them I would have spoken tongues yet you have to know that these things must be pursued that they must be desired that they're not going to fall on your lap in fact in 1 Corinthians 14 Paul says let love be your highest goal but you should also now pay attention I'm quoting the Bible word for word but you should also desire the spiritual abilities notice what Paul says there the spiritual abilities that the Spirit gives especially the spiritual ability to prophesy or the special ability to prophesy so Paul says listen love needs to be our highest goal we already know this we're not here to talk about that he says but above but also you should desire spiritual gifts or special abilities in other words you shouldn't just wait around saying well if God wants me to prophesy he's gonna open up my mouth that is not how prophecy works well if God wants me to speak in tongues he's just gonna open 
opening my mouth. That's not how tongues works. That's rare. That happened to me, but it's not a natural occurrence. Um, well, if God wants me to have a word of knowledge, he's just going to release the word of knowledge on me. You need to know. You need to desire these things. Now, here's what's interesting. Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, let love be your highest goal, but also desire spiritual gifts. Now, nobody disputes whether we should love people. No one has ever said, Isaiah, you shouldn't love people. Isaiah, you shouldn't talk about love. Isaiah, come on, let's hit a thousand. We're at 850. Isaiah, you shouldn't preach on love. No one has ever said love should not be your goal. Yet how many people do we know that are always disputing spiritual gifts? Paul says love people and desire spiritual gifts. So why are we constantly arguing about gifts? This is not something we could debate or we can argue. It's important that we know about these supernatural abilities. These are not natural giftings or natural abilities. These are supernatural. Now, some of you might ask Isaiah, I don't just want to know to pursue them. How do I pursue them? And this is something I really love. Somebody messaged me about my how to cast out a demon video. They said, finally, I found a video where they're not just telling me to do this. They're actually telling me how to do this. And so we're not here just to tell you to do something. We're here to show you and teach you. So Paul says, pursue them or desire them. Now, how do you desire or pursue them? Well, how do you desire or pursue anything? If you want a job, how do you pursue the job? You look at what the requirements are. You go get an interview. You study the topic of the job. This is how you desire you study you learn so tonight as you're listening to me and I'm preaching to you this is you desiring them listen you would not be here now some of you might click out Mo many of you are going to stay on but the reality is you would have clicked on this channel and stayed as long as you did if you didn't have some type of desire on the inside of you for these supernatural abilities now we could use spiritual abilities supernatural abilities supernatural powers which is a translation from the Greek we can use gifts of the spirit spiritual gifts whatever you want to call them they're all the same thing they're gifts that the spirit gives they're powers that the spirit gives to advance his kingdom people go to school for eight years think about this pursuing a certain career why did you go to school for eight years my sister's a lawyer she went to school for like 50 years why did she go to and i'm being facetious but she did go to school for over eight years why did she go to college and then law school for over eight years because she was pursuing a job how much more should we pursue the gifts of the spirit why why is it that many of you are going to write me and say, I've never had my church talk about the gifts of the spirit. We don't flow in the gifts of the spirit. We don't talk about the gifts of the spirit because I'm telling you, it's unhealthy to not pursue them. It's amazing how we spend five minutes pursuing the gifts of the spirit, yet we spend years and years pursuing degrees we spend years and years pursuing relationships come on some of you had to nag that girl for five years before she finally just married you okay some of you know what it means to pursue you know what it means to chase when you were dating your wife you pursued her you didn't wait for her to pursue you you pursued her so we're not going to wait around and say, God, if it's your will, when Paul says it is his will that you would pursue them, anything worth having is worth pursuing. So Paul says, listen, 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 write this down. These are not for lazy boy recliner Christians. If you're a lazy pacifier believer, these are not for complacent Christians. The nine supernatural abilities I'm going to describe and break down for you, and that's why I said it's going to be long. These are not for complacent Christians. Now, some of you say, how do I get baptized in the spirit? Praise the Lord. At the end of this video, we're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've been in our Monday night calls, many people have been baptized in the Holy Spirit in our Monday night calls. 
in our live streams. And tonight, there's going to be a baptism of the Holy Spirit, a releasing of the gifts. So stay tuned. But these gifts are not for lazy people. These are for those that are serious about the things of God, serious about the will of God, serious about the mandate to preach the gospel to every creature. Now, we're going to find, and tonight, we're really going to camp out. If you have your Bibles, I know many of you have them open. If you don't, it's all good. I'll, I'll give you all the verses here. And you could go watch the replay because you know I'm going to talk fast. I'm going to give you five or six hours of content in an hour to an hour and a half years. So stay with me. Put on your seatbelt, buckle up. The, the gifts that we're going to talk about are primarily, and this is where we're going to camp out in 1 Corinthians 12. This is the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, word of faith, our gift of faith, gifts of healings, gifts of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the distinguishing between spirits, gifts of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, one thing I really want to hammer on tonight is tongues. I'm going to talk about the difference between speaking in tongues of an unknown language and praying in tongues because there is a difference. I'm also going to tell you how you can begin to interpret tongues. So many people don't talk about this. We're going to talk about the interpretation of tongues, how I interpret tongues, how how the times I've experienced it, and many other things. The gifts were, there's also gifts found in Romans 12, 6 that we're not going to talk about. These are the gifts of prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, gifts of giving, leadership, mercy. These are the gifts we're not going to talk about. We're specifically going to talk about what Paul calls the supernatural abilities, the spiritual abilities that the Holy Spirit gives us. So we need to be careful also as we talk about this, that we have gifts, that we don't just have gifts, but we also have fruit. Now, Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, 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 will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who's in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, 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 did we? We not prophesy did we not drive out demons and perform many miracles and i will plainly tell them i never knew you get away from me you evildoer so we don't just want the gifts of the spirit because it's possible to flow in the gifts or the abilities of the spirit and not have the fruits of the spirit and this is interesting because jesus judges those that have the gifts of the spirit but don't have the fruit of the spirit so we don't see fruit mentioned on judgment day because real christians bear fruit you cannot counterfeit and still walk you can counterfeit and still walk in the gifts but you can't counterfeit and still walk in the fruit i'm not going to talk about fruits tonight i just want to give you the difference between fruits and between gifts gifts are given if you're taking notes write this down and fruit is cultivated we have a lot of people in the church okay i I, i've met many of them in my 10 years of traveling that have gifts but no character that have gifts but no integrity. Come on, somebody say preach Isaiah in the chat. We're hitting 900 here. That have gifts, but they're not living holy. Some of these men of God that I've looked up to and I've, I've been drawn to, I've sat with them and I've noticed they don't know how to talk to their wife. They don't know how to talk to the waiter. One of the heartbreaking things I've dealt with in traveling is going to dinner with preachers I look up to and seeing the way they don't know how to talk to the waiter. They don't know how to leave a tip. They don't know how to just be nice. And I'm going, isn't being nice a fruit of the spirit? Isn't love and peace and joy and kindness? Friend, you know a fruit of the spirit is kindness. And when you have all these preachers that are rude all the time to people. Now listen, some of you might hear me say, man, Isaiah, you're just mean. I'm intense. I'm not mean. I'm biblical. I'm not mean. I'm the nicest guy that you'll ever meet, okay? I'm a very nice guy. I'm a very loving guy. People tell me sometimes you're just a little bit too nice you're too loving you're too forgiving i'm not lying people have said this about me because when i get in the anointing i preach with conviction boldness and the fire of god but i'm telling you kindness i'm a kind person outside of me preaching the truth to you guys okay this is fruits of the spirit now the fruits of the spirit are found in galatians 5 22 like i said these are love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control these are all the fruits do not get these mistaken by the gifts the best way to think of gifts versus fruit is that let's and i'm not here to argue about trees and all that but let's just say the gifts are an apple tree 
I'm sorry, the, the gifts are a Christmas tree and the fruits are an apple tree. An apple tree takes time. It takes stewarding. It takes watering. It takes pruning to be able to produce. How many know a Christmas tree, you can instantly put gifts under it and you can instantly take gifts away from it, okay? I'm not here to talk to you about Christmas trees, whether you should have them or not. That's the best way to think of gifts versus fruit. Christmas tree, you can take the gifts and put the gifts, they're instant. Apple tree, they take time, they take cultivation. These are the difference between the gifts and the fruit. Now, when you think of supernatural gifts, don't just think of them. Now, this is where we're going to paradigm shift. This is where some of the revelation God's giving me. I'm going to tell you a lot of stuff you've never heard before, and this is probably one of them, but don't panic. I'm going to show you this in scripture, but as we share about the gifts tonight, as we talk about the gifts tonight, as we preach about supernatural abilities and powers, I want you to understand when you think about the gifts for the rest of the time, I don't want you to think of these gifts as something that just get given one time and you just have them for the rest of your life. I want you to think of them as something as brief and dramatic manifestation manifestations of the spirit that come suddenly and that end suddenly. So I want your thinking to be, okay, these are given immediately, taken immediately, used in different areas. So don't think like, oh, I have the gift of prophecy and I, I'm going to have it forever. And, and I'm not going to go on about the whole gifts and callings of God without re repentance. I want to tell you that gifts are used, given, taken, and they're manifested throughout different times. So rather than think of these as a one-time tool, I want you to think of many different ways. For instance, a prophetic word might last a minute or two minutes and when the prophetic word is complete no you're not you don't lose the gifts but they function in and out i'm going to show you this don't worry just stay with me i'm going to explain this so prophetic word might last one minute two minutes when it's complete the gift is done and it's not like you're prophesying 24 7 a word of wisdom might come during a conversation and last a few seconds a word of knowledge might come for someone or situation and last a few seconds discerning of spirits might come might function for a while you might see a spirit of pride or arrogance on somebody and then it might might go away so these gifts are not always active you're not 24 hours a day seeing in the spirit okay now this is the same with the interpretation of tongues. It might come, you interpret, and then the gift goes. It's not that the gift has left you, but the gift is not in activation at that time. So I want to say, don't think of these as permanent gifts that are there. Just you collect all the gifts and they stay forever, but and only some people can have them, but rather think of these as manifestations that we can all experience. Now, I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but I believe it's biblical. I believe that every believer can function in every Every gift at one time or another let me say that again I believe every believer can function in one time or another in every gift so don't listen to a lie that says oh well, I just don't have the gift of prophecy now Paul does say some have this gift some have others and I'm going to explain what Paul was saying and give you the context of the verse don't panic I'm getting it all I got I got too many verses for you tonight first Corinthians 12 7 and verse 12 uh, chapter 12 verse 7 and 11 the Bible says but the manifestations of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all but one in the same spirit. So now we have one in the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one as in one individually as he will. So let me break that down. Paul says the same spirit gives all the gifts. It's the same spirit. It's not like a different spirit giving each gift and the spirit distributes these to individuals as he wills. So the Holy Spirit, all the gifts are in the spirit. That's how I know you can function all of them because if you have the Holy Spirit, you already have all the gifts on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit, depending on the situation. Oh, this is good. I'm blessing. Listen, if you're not being blessed, come on, we're about to hit a thousand. I'm being blessed. The Holy Spirit distributes the gifts as he see fit. So it's not like, 
Well, I have the gift because I say I have the gift. The Holy Spirit di di um, distributes him. Now, all believers are given, yes, distinct gifts, but this does not limit the Holy Spirit from manifesting any gift through any person at any time he wants to because all the gifts are resident inside the Spirit. So at any moment, any time, any gift could function on the inside of you. It's, it's, I believe, false doctrine to say only certain people have certain gifts and some people can't prophesy. And I'm gonna show you that everyone can prophesy and I'm gonna keep giving you more evidence of this. So think of gifts of the spirit or supernatural abilities or spiritual gifts, however you wanna say it. I like the spiritual abilities. I just like the way that sounds. It just sounds cool or supernatural abilities. But gifts of the spirits are like tools in a tool shed. God has given us these tools because there's a job he's called us to do. And when the master comes back, he's gonna ask you why didn't you build what I called you to build and you're not allowed to say after tonight okay this is where it kind of gets scary here you're not allowed to say well I didn't have the tools to build the ministry I didn't have the tools to save my family I didn't have the tools to make disciples because we've been given right here Paul says all the tools same spirit so this is a tool shed you have tools to build he's given us tools Different tools are different things for different cir circumstances. Now, when you go into a tool shed, how many know you don't use all the tools at one time, which is why Paul says everyone doesn't have all the gifts. This is not, this is him saying they don't all manifest. All nine of them don't manifest all at once. When you go to a tool shed, you don't grab a shovel, a bucket, you know, a pole, uh, a pole post digger, whatever you can tell I don't do construction and you don't grab a paintbrush and try to use all nine tools at once. You grab one tool, you do the job for the tool, and then you're going to go ahead and put the tool away, and then you're gonna grab a different tool. So if I need to paint the house, I'm gonna grab a tool. If I need to build a fence, I'm gonna grab a tool. These are the gifts of the Spirit. They're not all used at the same time, but we have access to all of them. I hope this is making sense when we need them. Now, these are spiritual abilities, and they're for service, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each of you for the profit of all. So these are for profiting all. These are not to serve you. These are to serve others. These are not to puff you up. These are to build other people up. These are not to build your status. These are to build the kingdom. So these are so that we can serve those in the church and in the world. These gifts are not so you can have a large following. Although you may get a large following. These are not so you can impress crowds. Although they may impress crowds. These are not so you can build yourself up. Although these gifts do build you up. I'm letting you know the gifts primary function. If you're taking notes, I'm building a foundation are to build other people up so that we can serve the church and serve the world. Now, Romans 12, six says having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Okay. Romans 12, six. Paul says, listen, we have these gifts. So according to the grace that we've been given, we've been given these gifts by grace. Let's use the gifts. So Paul says, we all have them. Why are we not using them? Don't let them be dormant. Don't let them be stagnant. Don't let these just be put off or leave them in a shed somewhere. You need to activate them and use them. First Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by the prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. So Timothy, why are you neglecting? Why are you not using it? Let me ask the chat this tonight. Why are you neglecting the gifts that God has given you? God has given us gifts. Come on, y'all, let's use them. Paul shows us in this to Timothy, it's possible to neglect gifts. It's possible to neglect the spiritual abilities God has given us. And I believe 90 plus percent of the church is neglecting spiritual gift. Now, neglect means to fail to care for something properly. So we need to really pray this before we really start here. And by the way, we're in our intro. 
Lord, forgive me for neglecting my spiritual gifts or spiritual gift. Lord, I've neglected the manifestation. I've not used the tool. And no longer am I going to neglect the gift of prophecy. No longer am I going to neglect the word of wisdom. No longer, I'm getting fired up, y'all. Am I going to neglect the word of knowledge? Help me to not neglect these. Now, have you ever given someone a gift and they neglected it and they mistreated it? Whether it was a sweater, whether it was shoes, whether it was a bicycle, whether it was a car, it feels terrible when they don't appreciate what you got them. Have you ever given someone a gift and they just throw it to the side and never use it? How do you think God feels when you neglect his gifts? How do you think God feels when he gives you a gift and you just don't take care of it and you toss it to the side? We need to steward these gifts. We need to take care of these gifts. No more neglecting. Somebody type that in the chat no more neglecting come on everybody share right now these gifts now first corinthians 7 7 says each one has his own gift from god one in this manner and another in that matter so now we know everybody has a gift so don't sit up in here and say well brother i don't have a gift i'm not gifted first corinthians 7 7 each one has his own gift from god um maybe you just haven't realized it or pursued it or found out what it is but tonight we're going to activate you we're going to pursue this thing and we're going to begin to see supernatural abilities flow through our life first peter 4 10 says as each one has received a gift minister to one another as the good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So if you don't use your gifts to minister to one another, you're not a good steward of the grace of God. Some of y'all want to talk about grace all the time. All you preach is grace. And let's talk about this. If you don't use your gift to minister to others, you're not stewarding the manifold grace of God. That's 1 Peter 4, 10. I've already given you 15 verses, okay? Now I want to go over the nine supernatural abilities. I'm going to keep calling them this or gifts of the spirit that 1 Corinthians 12 talks about each. Now listen, each ability, each supernatural ability deserves its own video, but I'm going to give you an overview so you can start practicing them. And listen, I'm being very ambitious tonight. I don't know. I may have bit off more than I can chew, but we're going to go. We're going to give it all of you. I'm not breaking it down. I, I was very tempted. I'm not going to to say why well, could do this for three weeks you know as a content creator i at times think man what if i run out of content but you know what i realized today i'm drawing from a well that never runs dry i'm never going to run out of content because i'm drawing from a well that never runs dry and so y'all are hungry someone said i'm pulling in the chat just keep pulling keep being hungry because i'm going to give it to you i stream three hours sometimes and you guys say is that it it's only been 20 minutes keep going so i'm going to give you the nine supernatural gifts and abilities these are not going to be extremely in depth some of them i'm going to go through very quick but i want to give you an overview i want this to be a master guide so that you can look back and you can learn about these abilities and then later in the future i'll do separate videos on every single gift if that's what you guys want to do i'll break them down but as of right now i want to give you an overview and i'm going to break these down in three categories many people do it this way it's easier so three categories with three gifts in each category i'm going to categorize them based on the types of gift okay and we're going to do category a category b category c and then one two three so you don't get confused and don't worry guys uh, people i'm sure will be writing it in the chat after i'll post all these on the youtube video that gets uploaded tomorrow so all the notes will be there for you but let's start out by category a and that is supernatural insight if you're taking notes write that down the first category of supernatural abilities is supernatural insight now this category is going to have the word of wisdom the word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits gift the first one i'm going to talk about is the word of wisdom number one in category a is the word of wisdom now the word of wisdom supernaturally discloses the mind the purpose and the ways of god 
God to a specific situation. When you think of the word of wisdom versus the word of knowledge, don't think of them as gifts that oppose each other, but rather I want you to think of wisdom and knowledge as gifts that work together. Now, some of you, you've gotten words of wisdom. You've activated this gift. You just didn't know what it was. And that's my goal tonight is to teach you. So knowledge is information. Wisdom is very, I'm being very simple tonight, is how you apply that information. So knowledge is information. Wisdom is how do I apply that information? Knowledge gives us facts about something. Wisdom shows us what to do with the facts. This is a gift I pray to activate every time I do Monday night. So when I'm on my Monday night call, I'm manifesting the gift of wisdom, okay? I'm not saying, oh God, I don't know if you've given it to me. And this is where guys, listen, some of you are saying, how do I know what gifts I have? This is how you know what gifts do you need. That will answer what gifts you have because remember, it's like that tool shed that I could pull gifts from depending on what I need is what I have. I don't need to manifest the gift of prophecy if I'm not prophesying over anybody. Is this all is all is this all clicking? No one's ever taught it this way. I'm not getting this from a book. I'm not getting this from somebody else. This is insight God is giving me. So when I'm about to do my call, here's what I pray. Lord, I pray for the word of wisdom gift and I pray for the word of knowledge gift. I'm going to show you how to pray for gifts and where the Bible talks about praying for gifts and interpretations of gifts. And then as I'm talking to you guys on Monday night and you guys are saying, well, this is what's going on with me. There's sometimes, y'all, I'm just being honest. I'm not tooting my own own. I'm like, whoa, that was a really good answer, Isaiah. But here's the deal. It was the Holy Spirit's wisdom speaking out of me. So that's what the word of wisdom does. When people bring me questions, I say, Lord, give me wisdom. Show me how they could apply what the word of God says. Show me how they could apply what we're teaching them. Proverbs 15.2 says the tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of the fool pours out foolishness. So here we go. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly. I just proved what I said there, that wisdom is the application of knowledge. This is a, this is a perfect verse to describe knowledge and wisdom. A wise person uses knowledge wisely. So many in the church have knowledge, but no wisdom. This is a major pitfall in the body of Christ. We learn, 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 but never do it. Now, what would be a description of someone that's foolish? Someone that that's foolish sits there and listens to 100 hours of Isaiah Saldivar, but never actually prays for anybody, never actually does deliverance, never actually lives holy, never actually gets a relationship with Jesus. That's a fool. They have knowledge, but they don't use the wisdom to apply the knowledge. We need to pray for wisdom. A word of wisdom is not the same as everyday wisdom. Now, let me tell you about everyday wisdom. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives liberally or freely and without reproach, and it'll be given to him. So here's what James is saying. Listen, if you lack daily wisdom, just ask the Lord for wisdom. That should be a daily prayer for all of you. And the Lord's going to give you wisdom. It's going to help you apply his word to your daily life. If you're struggling, many of you are, there's over 900 of you watching. You're struggling to apply what I'm preaching. I don't know how to do I don't know where I could pray for people. And I, this is what you need to pray. James 1, 5, Lord, give me wisdom so I can apply what Isaiah has been teaching me. Now, God has all wisdom, but he doesn't give us all his wisdom at one time because it would overwhelm us. We'd probably just go into cardiac arrest. So the word of wisdom is when God gives us, these are all divine gifts. Remember, they're not normal, like the normal wisdom the Bible speaks about. These are divine. When God gives us a word of wisdom, this is a small piece of God's overarching wisdom. If you ever had someone ask you help for you, uh, someone has asked, asked you to help them or give them advice, have you ever given them an answer? And after you gave them the answer or you told them what they should do, you're like, how did I come up with that? That was incredible. Where did I get that? And you didn't know? 
you probably didn't realize you were tapping into the word of wisdom. It wasn't you that came up with that, okay? I've come up with ideas. I'm like, wow, that's a really good idea. How did I come up with that? And then I realized, oh, wait a minute. I didn't come up with that. That was a word of wisdom that was flowing out of me. So some of you have used this gift many times. Now that you're aware of it, you can activate it. You can walk in it. A few examples of the words of wisdom in the Bible is Luke 5. Jesus tells professional fishermen where they should fish. Okay, Jesus, how are you going to tell professional fishermen that have been doing this their whole life? where they should catch fish supernatural wisdom he's teaching them how to apply things and how to do things Acts 6, we see another good example of a word of wisdom. Basically, the Jewish Christians were accusing the Hebrew Christians of neglecting the widows during feedings. So let me give you the picture in Acts 6. They're having daily feedings, and the Jewish Christians, what they felt were neglecting the Hebrew Christians and the widows. And so they come up to the disciples, and they say, listen, guys, we're being neglected. We need help. So the 12 disciples got together in Acts 6 and said, listen, we should not be leaving the word of God to serve tables. This is word for word what Acts 6 says, by the way. They said, we shouldn't be leaving. We're studying, we're praying, we're reading, we're trying to preach, and we shouldn't be leaving and going and serving homeless people and feeding widows. This is what they said. So they said, therefore, let's find seven reputable men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Here we go, Acts 6. And let's appoint those guys over this, and we can give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. Some of you might say, Isaiah, why aren't you out feeding the homeless? Have I done that in the past? Yes. Do I support ministries that do that? Yes. But here's what you need to know. If I'm out serving people and feeding the homeless, I can't be in my office praying, studying, reading, getting a word to give to you guys. So the disciple said, let's use wisdom and find wise men that could go serve tables because we need to give ourselves to fasting, to prayer, and to the word of God. So we need to make sure we're using wisdom. This is a word of wisdom that the disciples got. Words of wisdom, write this down oftentimes solve problems and disputes in our everyday lives if there's a dispute at work a word of wisdom will come if there's a problem you're having in your business a word of wisdom will come we're problem solvers even with the deliverance network that i believe we're doing i believe that was a word of wisdom god said okay there's a problem here's what i want you to do to solve the problem these are words of wisdom they're practical these could work in your business these could work in certain situations and dealing in churches these are spiritual strategies strategies write this down that solve natural problems words of wisdom are spiritual strategies that solve natural problems okay so that's a word of wisdom number two in category a is the words of knowledge this is the fun one everybody wants to do the word of knowledge and here's the good news as i said everybody could have a word of knowledge everybody could walk at this now the word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of information about a specific thing that has to do with an immediate need these can be things like someone's name, someone's address, or any information that you otherwise would not know. That's all a word of knowledge is. I'm going to keep it very simple. So one time, for instance, I was preaching and the Lord gave me a word of knowledge and told me four digits and said, this is the last four social security, the last four of someone's social security number. I want to touch that person. So I got up there. I said, listen, the Lord just gave me the last four of some social security number. And I gave the word of uh, knowledge. And all of a sudden a girl in the front row starts screaming, stands up, pulls her social security card out of her purse. She was like, I think I want to say she was like 18 or 19. I'm like, who carries their social security card around with them? She pulls it out. And I have a picture of this on Instagram. You're gonna have to go years, years back because it's, it's an old picture. And she pulled out her social security card. She said that to me. She starts crying. Now, 
She'd been praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit for years. And when she stood up and we prayed for her, she was immediately baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that what was the point of God giving me the four social security? I'm gonna tell you why. The point was the word of knowledge released the faith for her to believe that God was gonna baptize her in the spirit. Words of knowledge oftentimes activate the faith to do the miracle the word of knowledge was about. You might say, well, that's dumb. Why would God give you that? Because she never had been baptized, been praying for years. And this is probably like six or seven years ago. To this day, she's involved with that church and says, this was her born again experience the night I called her out on the front row. So these are the way words of knowledge work. Words of knowledge oftentimes activate the gift of faith or bring the faith for the miracle. Like when you get a word of knowledge about sickness, it produces the faith that produces the healing words of knowledge about business one time i was preaching and the lord gave me a word of knowledge for the guy and said call that guy out and tell him start the business and i was going i don't want to do that lord it's not going to make sense what do you mean start the business and so i said listen will you stand up and i said the lord says start the business and he freaked out and said all day long he's been debating whether he should leave his business and start his own business and that was the word that he needed so words of knowledge oftentimes bring confirmation i shared with you guys before one time i had a word of knowledge of someone's street address I was in the middle of preaching and the Lord said, call out a street address. I said, I don't want to, Lord, I'm in a different city, a different state. There's no way this is real. And in the middle of my preaching, I said, listen, I have to say this. Some, someone in here lives on Cherry Lane. God wants to touch you. And a young man in the very, very, very last, pretty second to last row or last row raised his hand. And he said, this is my friend that I brought. He, he was an atheist. He didn't believe in God. He lives on Cherry Lane. And that guy, I have, an, I have a picture of this on Instagram. This is all documented, y'all. And that young man was crying and said, and I told him, I said, you'll never be able to doubt God again. God stopped me. It was a church of over a thousand people. God stopped me to walk to the very back to tell you that God loves you and God knows your address, okay? Later on, I looked up Cherry Lane and I, I want to say there was three houses on Cherry Lane. And so I was going like, what in the world? This is only God. I've done words of knowledge all over the country. I could tell you some crazy stories, but for the sake of time, let me go on here. Words of knowledge are not words of obvious. Write that down. The word of knowledge is not the word of obvious. Some people get up and say, well, I have a word of knowledge and it's not a word of knowledge. It's a word of common sense or it's a word of obvious to stand up and say, now this could be true, but I hear a lot of people say, well, I have a word of knowledge, somebody has back pain, okay? The whole church has back pain. I have back pain right now. We all have we all have back pain, right? That's like 90% of people suffer from back pain. That's a, that's a word of obvious. Although God will heal the back and that could be, I'm just saying these are usually not generalizations. These are specific revelation from the spirit that only you can know. Words of knowledge are supernatural, supernatural information only the spirit can know. John 1 48, Jesus uses the word of knowledge. He told Nathaniel, Nathaniel, look, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, Jesus didn't see him in the natural, but he knew that he was there by revelation of the Holy Spirit. This is the word of knowledge. Nathaniel's response to the word of knowledge was you are the son of God, the king of Israel. So Jesus gives Nathaniel a word of knowledge and Nathaniel responds with, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. So this is what happens when words of knowledge are released. People come to repentance. People recognize that God is moving. John 4, 15, Jesus has a word of knowledge for the woman at the well. Do y'all remember this? She said, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You've had five husbands and the guy you're with is not your husband. How did Jesus know that? A word of knowledge. This was information Jesus would have never had outside of a word of knowledge. The girl's defenses were broken down and she immediately says, you're a prophet. Now I've seen the word of knowledge gift break people's defenses down so fast. I remember a guy one time, I'll share one more story here. 
that's re was really powerful that that I'll never forget. I, I was out front of McDonald's with a, with a friend of mine. Actually, the pastor I got saved under, me and him were standing outside of McDonald's holding a free healing sign. And this was years ago. And I remember a guy walked out, big, tough, rough guy, had a biker's jacket on. Okay, I'm not stereotyping. I'm just letting you know what he looked like. And he started making fun of us. He started cussing at us. He started mocking us. He said, oh, free healing, oh, free prayer. And he's laughing. He's making fun of him and his buddy. He's mocking, mocking, mocking. Okay, he's mocking me in front of McDonald's. And immediately, Immediately, God gives me a word of knowledge and says he was in a motorcycle accident last year and he has pain in his shoulder that I want to heal. So he's mocking, 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 right? And immediately I start telling him, hey, God showed me you were in a motorcycle accident last year. And he, he didn't drive a motorcycle there. He was in a car. I said, and God wants to heal your shoulder. He immediately breaks down and begins to go into detail in his motorcycle accident. Had surgeries, had pins, had metal, had rods, and how he had nonstop pain in his right shoulder. Couldn't lift it past this far. And so we laid hands on him and God healed him. Why? Because the word of knowledge breaks down defenses. It breaks down that mocking spirit. The word brought down his doubt and his defenses like the woman at the well. Oftentimes, the word of knowledge is a door open to be able to minister to be able to preach and to be able to pray for people words of knowledge also bring conviction and the fear of the lord acts 5 peter had a word of knowledge concerning ananias and sapphira not being truthful peter goes listen you guys are lying how did peter know they were lying he got a word of knowledge so god will use words of knowledge to expose people. Now, please, I'm not saying go around and try to expose everybody. If you're not a leader and God has not assigned you over someone, you shouldn't try to expose them. But I remember one time I was in a meeting with my ministry, my leadership, and God gave me a word of knowledge that one of our team members was struggling heavily with pornography. And so I said, look, we were in a meeting. I said, look, guys, I believe it was all guys, but there might've been just our whole team. I said, there's somebody in here. You're struggling. God has showed me you're bound to pornography and God wants to God told me this because he wants to heal you and he wants to deliver you. Someone said, I'm echoing. I don't, maybe just go out and come back in. You might have it open twice. I said, God wants to deliver you and heal you. After the meeting, I didn't call him out. I didn't say his name. I didn't say, oh, you know, this is what's wrong with you and you're dealing with porn and, you know, we're going to, none of that. I said, come talk to me after. God wants to heal you. After the meeting, he said, thank God that you called me out. He said, I've been praying. I don't know how to break this. I don't know how to tell anybody. I'm so grateful God told you so that you can tell me. And so I was able to pray with him and break that spirit of lust get him delivered from pornography so that is all the different ways okay no echo thank you guys so much it might just be you open it twice these are the ways that god reveals god is not using this gift to expose people this is not a gift of exposing there's many times i get words of knowledge and i don't even tell the person i just pray for the person so don't try to use this if you're not a leader there's specific circumstances like peter in acts 5 where he confronted ananias and sapphira or like i did but that's not a primary function of the gift the gift is for supernatural knowledge only you know. Okay. The third gift in this category is the discerning of spirits gift. Now I'm not going to go long on this and I'm going to tell you why I have an hour and a half video on just this gift. It's called how to see in the unseen realm. It's on my YouTube channel where I talk about this gift for an hour and a half, but let me just give you a, a, a overview of it. Okay. The discerning of spirits is the ability to detect the true spirit behind acts and manifestations taking place around us. So you're able to tell what spirit is behind someone's actions. The word discern is is defined as to recognize or distinguish between. 
there's four spirits that you can discern in this discerning spirits. There's a demonic spirit is part of the discerning of spirits. There's an angelic spirit you can discern. There's the Holy Spirit and there's the human spirit. Those are the four spirits that we're able to discern what the discerning of spirits gift. The discerning of spirits gift is not being able to tell what's going on in the natural. It's going to tell what's going on in the spiritual realm. So when someone walks in and they're wearing, you know, revealing clothing, you say, oh, that's the spirit of Jezebel. That's not the discerning of spirits gift. And that's the gift of obvious. That's not how we use the gift. The gift is used to tell the motives and intentions and the spirit driving a person. Now I have an hour, like I said, hour and a half long video on this. Paul says to the church in first Corinthians, 213 this is what we speak not in words taught by human wisdom but in words taught by the spirit explaining spiritual realities what spirit taught words so we're explaining to you tonight spiritual realities now when you're activating these gifts you you have to use your free will to do this you have to use it like a light switch okay you ask the lord and god will give it now this gift is not always on this gift will come and it will go like i keep saying the gifts manifest at different times but it's the spirit that gives them out at his will so this is not one of those gifts that you can just use whenever you want to use the Holy Spirit reveals this oftentimes when I'm discerning spirits I'm able to see a darkness over someone's face I'm over, able to see a demonic spirit in the spirit over somebody's head I'm able to see a, a brightness over them if there's an angel or something ministering to them these are the ways I'm able to discern the gifts of this uh, discerning of spirits I shared in that video how when I went to college the day after getting saved I saw demons and angels everywhere okay that's the discerning of spirits when you talk about seeing in the spirit hearing in the spirit smelling in the spirit touching in the spirit these are all real biblical things i go all over all these in my video once again how to see in the unseen realm these are all part of the discerning of spirits there's not a gift to see in the spirit there's only a discerning of spirits gift and seeing in the spirit is part of the gift it's not fault finding it's not judging somebody it's not natural discernment it's the ability to discern and distinguish what source or influence someone's speaking through whether it's demonic or angelic or the holy spirit okay in Acts chapter 2, they discerned the Holy Spirit moving as tongues of fire. Now, we know the Holy Spirit is not tongues of fire. He's tongues as a fire. He manifested that way in Acts, and the disciples discerned how the Spirit was moving. So we need to be able to discern and use the gift to discern when God is moving and adapt to how God is moving. Many times, our services are linear. In other words, it's just start to finish. There's no transitions. There's no change, and we never give room for the Holy Spirit to move because we're lacking discernment. I don't want you just to think of discernment as discerning demonic spirits or angels, but also discerning how the Spirit of God is moving in a meeting. As a preacher and a pastor and a minister, my job is when I'm running a meeting is to see how the Spirit is moving. And I use the discerning of spirits to discern how the Holy Spirit is moving in a meeting. I have pastors invite me in to preach and they give me the schedule and they say, we want to move a God. And I'm going, where? You, you don't give them any time. You want them to move between your 20 minutes. I've had pastors tell me, you could preach for 22 minutes and then we have to get everybody out to the parking lot and they're wanting a move of God and I'm saying where do you want God to move you're not giving God space and that's all because of a lack of discernment they don't discern how God wants to move I've been in meetings before where I'm up there preaching and I, I get discernment that the Holy Spirit was moving in healing so guess what I do I don't say who wants to come and repent I say who wants to get healed because I've discerned that this is how the Spirit's moving I've been in meetings where I've discerned there's heavy deliverance happening or there's prophecy breaking out and so I'm 
able to move with the spirit. There's no discernment. Uh, we don't need discernment if we just keep doing business as usual. So maybe the spirit's not moving in your church because of a lack of discernment. When, our, when the spirit begins to move, our ideas, our agendas, our preconceptions, our plans, they need to get in the back seat. When the spirit begins to move in our meetings, I tell all my plans to get in the back seat. Now it's okay to have your plans. Just make sure that when the spirit moves, they're ready to jump in the back seat and the spirit drives. This is why I don't preach with notes. For 10 years, I haven't preached with notes. Ever since I started, I've never preached. People say, well, why don't you preach with notes? Because I want the spirit to begin to move. Do I study 100%? Do I have hundreds of pages of notes? Yes. Do I have over 2,000 different messages on my phone saved in my notes? Absolutely. But I get ready, I study, I memorize, and then when I get up there, the spirit begins to take over. I discern what he wants to say, and I'd rather have him speak than me speak, okay? Acts 5.3, they're able to discern Ananias was being deceptive and lying. Acts 16, I go over all this in great depth in my other video. Acts 16, Paul discerned that the young girl was speaking with a demonic spirit. These are more discernment. So not only, like I said, discerning demons, but also angels. In Acts 8, Peter discerned the motives and intentions of Simon the sorcerer. Matthew 9:32, Jesus discerned that the man with a mute and deaf spirit, or I'm sorry, the man that was mute was demonized, okay? This was not natural, this was demonic. Discernment also gives us the ability to discern if sickness is legitimate or it's spiritual. Not every sickness is spiritual, but many of them are. And this is where we use discernment to see what is behind the sickness, and God will give you that gift it'll manifest when you need it i prayed for many people that were sick that just needed deliverance i had a woman come up to me two weeks ago and they said i'm really sick in my body i've been sick for about a year and i don't know what to do i've gotten prayer for deliverance i've gotten prayer for healing so i laid hands on her at the end of the meeting i called out nothing happened i said let's pray again nothing happened the third time i think it was i i just got bold i said i call out i bind you infirmity i started calling that spirit out she falls on the ground full on manifesting the demon speaking out of her saying i came a year ago leave me alone what do you want from me and we cast the spirit of infirmity out of her how are we able to do that with the gift of discernment discerning that that was a spiritual thing and not a physical thing when i laid hands on her and begin to pray I begin to feel that it was demonic so I was able to call it out so these are and now there's a couple telltale signs you can use like when doctors can't find anything wrong when medication doesn't help at all when it runs in the family when the sickness flares up during prayer and worship these are all signs that the sickness is demonic, but I'm telling you, the manifestation of discerning helps you in these ways. Now, the discerning of spirits also is an activation of the spiritual senses. Just as we have five senses in the natural that provide us with information about the physical world, we also have five spiritual senses that put us in touch with the spiritual world. So. Five physical senses put us in touch with the natural world. Five spiritual senses put us in touch with the supernatural world. And those are all in my other video in great detail. Unfortunately, most Christians don't know they have spiritual senses. In turn, they don't develop their spiritual, ten spiritual senses. Now, I always tell people this. Many Christians do not believe they have spiritual senses. But ask a Christian, has the devil ever tempted you? And here's what they're going to say. Well, of course the devil's tempted me. Then you ask, well, how did you hear the devil tempt you? Now, you couldn't hear him if you didn't have spiritual ears. Right there, there's proof you have spiritual ears. And what's sad is most people have more faith that the devil speaks to them than God speaks to them. Friend, if the devil could speak to you, how much more does God want to speak to you? So we need these spiritual senses. Okay, the last category is quick, so I'm going to take my time on this one. We're done with category A. That was words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. That was the first category. Cate that's spiritual insight, category A. Category B, write this down, is communication gifts. 
This is kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Those are the three communication gifts. Let me talk about the first one. This is probably going to take the most time because this is very misunderstood. I'm going to give you some spiritual insight on this. Kinds of tongues. It's not tongues. The actual translation is kinds of tongues. This is the ability to speak in a language not understood by the person speaking in it. First Corinthians 12 10 says to another is given different kinds of tongues. So the gift, people say, well, it's a gift of tongues. It's not the gift. It's the gift of different kinds of tongues. There's so much confusion here because people think it's not God's will for them to pray in tongues, but understand that there's different types of tongues and it is hundred percent God's will for you to pray in tongues. I'm going to show you this. So we need to separate in your mind. I want you to separate speaking in tongues for the sake of explanation and praying in tongues. Okay. Separate them. This is not the unknown tongue. This is not the unknown tongue that is given to believers at the baptism of the spirit. This is a gift in speaking different kinds of tongues. So this is not your prayer language of tongues. This is not when you receive the Holy Spirit and you started speaking in tongues. That is not the gift of different kinds of tongues. And Paul makes this very clear in 1 Corinthians 14 too. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 too. He who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, okay? However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. How do I know that's not talking about the gift of different types of tongues? Because Paul says this gift is your gift where you talk directly to God and no one can understand him. There's no interpretation. It's your prayer language. That's different than the first Corinthians 12. This is the prayer tongue or what we call praying in tongues. These tongues are to build you up. Think of these as working out for your spirit, man. Okay, all you buff people in the chat, these are bench pressing for the spirit. That's 1 Corinthians 14 2. That's, that's your unknown prayer to God. That's your making intercession to God. Now the tongues Paul is describing, I'm going to try to slow down a little bit because it does get a little bit tricky here. The tongues Paul is describing in 1 Corinthians 12 are not to build you up. They're to build others up so we see there are different kinds of tongues because remember, Paul says the gifts are to build others up. And then he says in 1 Corinthians 14, these tongues are to build you up. These tongues are to build others up. Do you guys see where there's a difference here? I'm just showing you the difference. So 1 Corinthians 12, 28, Paul gives different ministries for public gatherings. So he says there's apostles, then there's prophets, there's teachers, there's miracles, then there's gifts of healings, there's gifts of administration. And then he says, and a variety of tongues, okay? So here again, Paul is saying these are tongues for a public gathering, not private tongues. I'm going to give you more evidence, more evidence. So you have a private tongue. Just write this down because I know you're a little bit confused here. You have a private tongue, which is 1 Corinthians 14, and you have a public tongue, which is 1 Corinthians 12. I hope you're seeing the difference here. Now, let me explain why so many people say, well, is tongues a gift for only some believers? Type one if you've heard people say that. Tongues is not for everyone, it's only for some believers. Let me explain to you why that's right and it's wrong. First Corinthians 12, verses 29 through 30, Paul says this, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healings, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? This is where we talked about earlier where people say, well, you can't have all the gifts. And the answer to that question is no, but understand, remember, Paul is talking about a public gathering, not your personal life. He's saying, listen, when we're all gathering, is everyone operating in all these gifts at once? This is what Paul's saying in context. Paul's saying, of course not. 
but this has nothing to do with your prayer language tongue. I know countless of countless people who pray in tongues, but have never flowed in the corporate gift of different tongues. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're different. So Paul is not talking about the tongues as a result of being baptized in the spirit. Paul is talking about a public tongues. And Paul is saying not everybody speaks in tongues publicly for an interpretation, but everybody can pray in tongues. Come on, y'all. Somebody help me in the chat. Are you guys understanding this? So many people are baptized in the spirit can speak in tongues but don't now let me explain something else you guys have been asking me a thousand times in the chat since we've been starting in january isaiah i've been baptized in the spirit my entire life was dramatically changed in one moment i felt from the top of my head to the soles of my feet but i've never spoken tongues i want the gift of tongues listen if you've been baptized in the holy spirit you can speak in tongues you just haven't spoken in tongues and i've prayed with thousands of believers that had been that had been baptized in the spirit and had never spoken in tongues and i didn't say lord give them tongues i said lord let them have the faith to speak it out and i've seen thousands speak in tongues immediately when we pray that because it was there because remember you have the spirit you have tongues you have the gifts but you never spoke it out so the prayer language every believer that holds the holy spirit can pray in tongues and then the different kinds of tongues is a public manifestation i hope this is making sense guys okay it's a public manifestation now when you're speaking in tongues you need to open your mouth and speak it by faith that's how you speak in tongues so if you're wondering how you can pray in tongues, you do it by faith. If you're wondering how do you speak in tongues, you do it by faith in a public gathering. I'm gonna, sh I'm gonna keep going on this, okay. While Isaiah, and I'm so glad you guys are all in the chat that are all gonna argue me here. While Isaiah, Paul says, don't speak in tongues in a public meeting. Wrong, that is not what Paul said. Let's look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 28. I'm teaching good tonight. If anyone, this is word for word the Bible. If anyone speaks in a tongue, here's what he says, two or three at most should speak so paul says listen okay if you're in a public gathering and you're speaking in tongues only let two or three of you do this one at a time and then someone must interpret okay this is over the microphone to a public gathering if there's no interpreter paul says the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and god so paul's saying listen if there's no one interpreting do not get up on the microphone and try to preach a message in tongues. Paul is not saying don't pray in tongues on the mic. Paul is saying, why are you trying to preach a message? Because in those days, people were preaching 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, entire messages in tongues. And Paul says, stop doing that because no one understands what you're saying if there's no interpreter. So Paul says, if you're going to do this, make sure a couple of you are doing it and then make sure you're interpreting so everyone could be edified by this. So Paul is saying the speaker should stay quiet. Okay, Paul's specifically talking about preaching in tongues, not speaking in your prayer language. He basically says there's no point in getting up and preaching a message in tongues because nobody's going to, if no one's going to interpret it, it doesn't make sense. Now, 1 Corinthians 14 23 goes on about this. It says, even so, if unbelievers or people that don't understand come into our meetings and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they're going to think you're crazy. So imagine you come into a service, the service is two hours, you're a new believer, you don't speak in tongues, you don't understand any of this, and everybody in the room, there's 300 people there, everybody's speaking in tongues, they get up to preach, and you're like, oh, finally someone's gonna preach, and they preach a 45-minute sermon in tongues, followed by a greeting in tongues, and then they, they uh, conclude the service in tongues. No one spoke English. Paul says, why would you do that 
If no one's interpreting, they're going to think we're crazy. So Paul was saying, don't preach in tongues if no one's interpreting. I'm going to talk to you about interpreting in a minute. First Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says this, I thank God I speak with tongues more than all of you. Okay. So Paul's talking to the church in Corinth and he says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Yet in the church, Paul says, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in tongue. So Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you, but when I'm in the church, I would rather speak five words with understanding than 10,000 words in tongue. Why? Because nobody understands if there's no interpretation. So I want you to, this is, this gets a little deep here. So stay with this. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Okay. Can we conclude on that? Yes. Yet Paul didn't speak in tongues publicly. So where is Paul speaking in tongues? Type it in the chat. Okay, you guessed it. He's speaking in tongues in his private prayer time. So again, Paul is making a distinction. There's a prayer tongues and there's the different kinds of tongues that the Bible talks about. So there's differences and Paul shows it there because Paul says, I'm doing it in private. I was in a, I was in a meeting. Now let me show you how powerful tongues can be even when you're talking about this. I was in a meeting years ago and there was a little girl there. I, I want to say she was between seven and 10, but I don't know. I don't know exact numbers, but it doesn't really matter. She was between seven and 10. Her mom brought her to the meeting. Her father had just left her, was cheating on the mom, had completely walked out. She was heartbroken. She's broken. They brought her in before service. They said, Isaiah, will you pray with this, 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 um, this lady and her young daughter? They're a young couple. They're heartbroken. The, the husband's gone off. He's cheated on the wife. He's on drugs, doing all this stuff. Her, she's, she's lost her father, okay? So she's, she had prayed in tongues. She knew, she knew how to pray in tongues. Well, she is at the altar in the service speaking in tongues, we thought she was praying in tongues, but she was actually speaking in tongues. The guy next to her freaked out saying, how does she know my village's dialect? Now he said she was speaking a Tagalog dialect, Tagalog dialect from his village. And this is what she was saying. Eight-year-old girl, just get the picture. This guy's from a village in the Philippines. She's speaking his native dialect. And here's what her, she was saying. He interpreted it. She was saying, Abba, I love you. God, you're my father. Abba, I thank you. Abba, you're my father. This is what she was saying. Now, she just thought she was speaking in tongues. I got chills when I said that, but she didn't realize she was actually praying to the father after just losing her father and the guy heard her. So these are tongues of an unknown language. Tongues can be an unknown language. When you're talking different kinds of tongues, I have many other stories. You're talking about speaking in a language you didn't know. This could be any type of language. People have preached in a language they don't know. But basically Paul is saying they're speaking in tongues, which is the gift. Yeah, everyone's saying they're getting chills. Me too. They're speaking in tongues, which is the gift to preach in tongues. And then there's the prayer language. Every believer has access to the prayer language. I hope I prove that in scripture. Now, number two, the second gift in the communication category, category B, is the interpretation of tongues. This is the ability to interpret words given by the Holy Spirit to the person either interpreting or someone else, and you interpret it into a known language. So you take what's in an unknown language, you interpret it into a known language. That's all the interpretation of tongue is. Oftentimes the person that gives the word is the one that interprets the word. Now I want you to write this down. Everybody get your pins ready. Everyone get your iPads out. The gift is the interpretation of tongues, 
not the translation of tongues. Okay, write that down. This is not translating tongues. This is interpreting tongues. There's a massive difference. It's not a word for word translation. When you're translating something, you're going word for word. So if you're going to translate me tonight, you are going to write down word for word what I was saying. Translation is word for word interpretation is giving the general idea of what was spoken in tongues. I've had translators before and I'm preaching and I've had times where I say something short and they say something very long. I've had times where I say something long and they translate something very short. And I've asked my translators before, why did I say something short and you said something long? It, it, it feels like you didn't translate it right. And they said, because in our language, it has to be described or explained differently so the listener understands the context. So when you're using an interpreter, they're giving a general idea. They're not translating, they're interpreting, okay? So when you get an interpreter, they're giving a general idea. If I'm preaching with an interpreter, they're just gonna give a general idea of what I'm saying. They're not giving an exact translation to every word I'm saying. This is why when you interpret in tongues, you're interpreting, not translating. You don't need to speak in King James, okay? So if you're giving an interpretation of tongues, you don't need to say, thus saith the Lord, and give King James, okay? Because remember, you're not translating the tongue, you're interpreting the tongue, and it could sound like your word. So you can talk Talk the way you talk. Some of you might say, well, Isaiah, you said the Lord showed you something, but why did the Lord speak the way you speak? Because God uses our personalities when he speaks out of us, and we're merely interpreting, not translating. Now, usually when I, or when I've in the past received an interpretation, this is going to help you guys. I'm telling you, no one's talking about this stuff. This is going to help you. I'm going to tell you how I interpret tongues. I get the first sentence, and all of you can interpret tongues. I'm going to show you why. But I get the first first sentence, and then when I interpret it, I launch out in faith, and God gives me sentence after sentence. When I'm interpreting, I'm not getting the entire word, okay? So if I'm interpreting tongues, and all of a sudden I speak in tongues, and then I interpret it, or you speak in tongues, and I interpret it, I'm not getting a two-minute word. I'm literally getting one sentence. When I begin to interpret the tongues, okay, I want you guys to all try this tonight. Every single one of you tonight could speak in tongues and interpret it back to yourself. I'm telling you. When I interpret the tongues, um, I get one sentence. That's all. Some of you want to know, what do you think when you're prophesying, giving words knowledge? I'm getting one word when I'm giving words knowledge. One sentence. When I start speaking the sentence, I'm launching out in faith and I'm expecting God to continue to give me the next sentence. This is the same way when I prophesy. Some of you say, how do you prophesy? I give one sentence and God gives me the next. Same when you speak in tongues. How many know when you speak in tongues, you don't think two minutes of speaking in tongues. You say one word and what happens? You speak the next word, the next word. Same with the word of knowledge. When I get a word of knowledge, I get one phrase and then God keeps giving me more phrases, okay? So all these gifts, this is the biggest helper of the whole video is right here. All these gifts start with one word. They start with one sentence. If it's positive, just go out and come back in. Everybody share this. Now, many people don't interpret tongues because they say, well, Isaiah, I only got one sentence. Not realizing if they give the sentence, God gives them the next one. So if you're trying to interpret tongues, which all of you can get the gift and activate the gift in the tool shed, you need to understand that God gives one sentence as a time. And, and the reason why he does this, why doesn't he give me the whole word? If he gave you the whole word, you wouldn't need faith. The operation of faith is you stepping out and then God showing you the next step. Abraham, I want you to go. Where do I go? Just take a step and you'll go, okay? And when you take the step, I'll show you the next step. So this applies to tongues. Um, a lot of times when people are starting to speak in tongues, they say, Isaiah, I don't want to speak it out. And I say, why? They say, because I'm hearing the same word over and over and over. Say the word over and over and it'll become a different word as you speak in it, okay? A common way you're going to get an interpretation, let me give you a couple ways I get them and you can get them 
is when someone's speaking in tongues or you speak in tongues with the intention of interpreting, not just praying in tongues, but you're speaking the kinds of tongues with an interpretation, you'll feel butterflies in your stomach. If you've ever had somebody speak in tongues in a meeting and all of a sudden you get butterflies or you feel pressure in your stomach or nudging, that's some of the signs that you're getting an interpretation. Now you could also get an interpretation while you're, I don't know why it's pausing. I got internet, your internet might be going out. I got, I'm running full speed here. But sometimes um, you'll see pictures. You could also interpret it with pictures. You could also interpret it with word, with um, with different words that you can see. So these are different ways. Now, can we pray to interpret tongues? So Isaiah, is it possible for me to pray that I would have an interpretation for tongues? Absolutely. In fact, after speaking in tongues, you should pray for an interpretation if you want to interpret tongues. When you start speaking in tongues, it's not pausing. Okay, good. When you start speaking in tongues, I want you to do this when you're going to interpret. Speak for one minute or 30 seconds and then stop, pray for the interpretation, and then interpret it back to yourself or to whoever you're with. Don't try to pray, and some of you are doing it right now, don't try to pray for 30 minutes in tongues, or I'm sorry, don't try to speak for 30 minutes in tongues and then interpret, you're going to get overwhelmed. Do 30 seconds to a minute, stop, and then pray for an interpretation. First Corinthians, let me show you this. First Corinthians 14, verse 12 through 13 this is what it says. Even so you, since you're zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. Therefore, here we go. Let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Okay. So here's Paul saying, therefore, listen, if you're going to speak in a tongue, pray for an interpretation after. So Paul's telling us how to interpret tongues. You speak in it and then you say, Lord, give me the interpretation, you say the first sentence, and then you keep talking. This is a lost gift in the church. Come on, type one if this is lost. If you don't do this or your church doesn't do this, this is lost, we need to do this. Paul says this is to edify the church, and if you speak in it, pray for an interpretation. If Paul said to pray for something, now Paul says this, pray for an interpretation. If Paul says to pray for something, that means it's God's will to give you it. Luke 11, 11 says, if you ask for a fish, God is not going to give you a serpent. So if you ask God for something good, write this down. God is not going to give you something bad. Let me say that again. If you ask God for something good, Luke 11, 11, God is not going to give you something bad. How do I know? Now, this is your next question. I'm answering these hard hitting questions. How do I know if I have the right interpretation? I just told you how you know, because if you prayed for the interpretation, in other words, you prayed for something right, God's not going to give you something wrong. So when you speak and then pray for an interpretation, the, the interpretation you give is the right interpretation because you prayed for something right. And God says, I won't give you something wrong if you give something right. So you can interpret your own tongue and someone else can also interpret your tongue. Usually I find you get an interpretation for your own tongue. And like I said, you can try this tonight. God wants to release this. Okay, let's move quick. Let's move quick. The last category, I'm going to go real quick, so don't panic. Okay, we're going for it. Someone just said, I interpreted my tongues right now. Praise the Lord. Oftentimes, tongues are going to be encouragement to build you up. Okay, the third communication gift, type one of this is good, is prophecy. Now, this is the ability. I'm going to try to keep it so simple for you guys. This is the ability to speak words given by the Holy Spirit in a language known to the person speaking. Okay, so the uh, prophecy is the ability to speak words given by the Holy Spirit in a language that everybody can understand. Prophecy is a supernatural disclosure, a sudden spirit-inspired insight that brings exhortation to others. 
I won't go long on this and I'm gonna tell you why I'm not gonna go long on this because I have two videos on YouTube one of them is called learning how, how to prophesy or learn how to prophesy the other one is the spirit of prophecy it's over three hours total of prophecy so I've done over three hours I had one with Jeremiah Johnson one with Luke Holter both prophetic uh, men in the nation and so I go over we go over great detail on how to prophesy but I'm gonna give you an overview for all of you th that are new here tonight now Paul says this seek gifts but he says, especially seek the gift of prophecy because prophecy edifies others. Paul also says in 1 Corinthians 12, 31, to desire the best gifts. So I believe the best gifts. Now, this is my interpretation, what I believe. Paul says this, desire the best gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, I believe, you can write this down, the best gifts are the gifts you need in that moment, okay? That's very simple. The best gifts are the gifts you need, but there's some indication that prophecy is the best gift. So let's look at the difference between unknown tongues or praying in tongues or speaking in tongues and prophecy, okay? Prophecy speaks to people. The unknown tongue or the prayer language speaks to God. Prophecy speaks words understood by the speaker and the hearers. Unknown tongue or prayer language speaks mysteries. That's what the Bible says. Prophecy edifies the church. Praying in tongues edifies the individual believer. Those are the differences. Now you see why Paul says it's better in a meeting to give five words of prophecy than 10,000 in tongues because prophecy is edification. Everyone can understand the primary function of prophecy. Write this down. If you don't get anything, get this tonight. The primary function of prophecy is to speak to people words from God. That's it. What is prophecy? What is the prophetic anointing? Speak to people words that come from God. When I'm prophesying over you, this is all I'm doing. God is speaking to me words and I'm speaking them to you. I become a conduit for God's word. That's all prophecy is, however you want to say that. Now, everyone can prophesy. And this is more proof that the gifts, the nine gifts are for every believer. Not that you do it all at once, but for every believer. Everyone can prophesy. How do you know? 1 Corinthians 14, 31. For you can all prophesy, Paul says, one by one. So Paul's talking about a public meeting. He says, listen, you can all prophesy one by one that everyone might learn and be encouraged. That's that's right there in 1 Corinthians 14, 31. So it's clearly that it's the will of God for all believers to prophesy. If we do not prophesy, it's not because it isn't God's will. It's because we have not moved into the will of God. Thank you, Matt Cruz. So it's not because it's not God's will. If you don't prophesy right now, you don't, you say, I don't prophesy, Isaiah. It's not because it's not God's will. It's because you have yet to move into the will of God. And it's time for somebody to call the U-Haul and say, I'm moving into God's will tonight. It's time to move into the will of God and move out of the enemy's will. Okay. Another thing I want to say about prophecy, and we're going to cover this quick, is do not despise prophecy. First Thessalonians 5.19, Paul says, do not quench the spirit and do not despise prophecy, but test everything that's being said. So it's okay to not agree with the prophetic word. I've gotten prophetic words and I'm like, I don't agree with it. That's it. I don't receive it. I don't want it. It's okay to not receive it. But understand that if you don't allow people to prophesy, you're quenching the spirit. The best way, pastors, listen, to quench the Holy Spirit in your ministry, in your life, is to not let people prophesy, okay? Prophecy is a sign that the spirit is being poured out in a church, Joel 2, 28. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. So what's going to happen, Joel, if you part of the spirit's poured out? Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. That's a sign of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall, shall, shall see visions. When young people in the church begin to want to speak for God and begin to want to prophesy, 
This is a sign that God is pouring out his spirit in your church. Don't stop them. Don't say, oh, well, you got to go through five years of Bible college before you say anything on the mic. No, 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 no. Let them speak. Let them prophesy because a sign of the outpouring of the spirit is your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Okay. Speak the word of God. A bunch of you are saying, I'm finding a new church after this. Okay. The outpouring is not just loud music, a guest speaker, longer services. It's the supernatural manifestations of the spirit. When the outpouring happens, deliverances happen, miracles happen, prophecy happens, tongues happen, interpretations happen. These are the outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Now, we got to be careful when prophesying. We don't start with God and end in our imagination. Uh, Ezekiel 13.2, it says, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets who are now prophesying say to those who prophesy out of their imagination hear the word of the lord so ezekiel is prophesying against those that prophesy out of their imagination a bunch of times in jeremiah god says the prophets prophesy yet i'm not speaking so be very careful when you prophesy you don't keep going once god is done okay and you're going to know that because sometimes you give a prophetic word it's five seconds sometimes you give a prophetic word it's five minutes when i'm prophesying in my mind i'm speaking the moment I start having to think about things and put for, uh, words together, I already know I'm speaking out of my imagination. The moment I'm the Spirit's done, I stop the prophecy, okay? It doesn't matter if I'm on a microphone. doesn't matter if there's 100 people. Don't prophesy too long because you'll start prophesying out of their imaginations. Many prophets right now, I don't want to get in trouble here, are prophesying out of their imagination. All these words you're seeing go around. They're coming out of their imagination. And that's why a lot of words you're seeing are not coming to pass because we prophesy out of our imagination and we need to be careful not to do that. That's all I'm going to say about that before some of you start going crazy. Now, let me say another thing about prophecy that this is, I'm going to debunk some myths here. Prophecy is not always spontaneous. A lot of times we wait around, but understand that you need to activate this, open your mouth and speak in it. First Corinthians 14, 32, Paul says, remember that people who prophesy, this is word for word your Bible. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and they can take turns so paul says listen when you're walking in this gift you can take turns you can stop you can go so the spirit of prophecy is not always spontaneous but we can activate the gift by faith people say you can't teach how to prophecy yes you can we're called to teach the word and prophecy is the word prophecy opens up people to the gospel how do we know first corinthians 14 24 he says but if you're all prophesying and an unbeliever walks in and doesn't understand these things they come into your meeting they'll be convicted of sin and judged by what you say as they listen to you prophesy their secrets will be exposed and they will fall to their knees and worship god declaring god is truly among you that's calling out words of knowledge things people don't know words of knowledge and prophecy go hand in hand prophecy also brings life into dead situations i don't want to take a lot of time on this that's ezekiel 37 7 he says prophesy to these dry bones and life will come okay we're almost done last category if this is good come on guys give me a one in the chat we're about to break a thousand share the stream last category we've been live for an hour and a half if you're just joining in we're going over the supernatural abilities that the bible talks about is for all believers to walk in the last category category c is power gifts write that down category c is the power gifts and that's the gift of faith the gift of healings and the gift of miracles okay number one is the gift of faith now this is not to be confused with having faith this is divine heavenly faith that comes instantly is supernatural and is a gift directly from the holy spirit so think of this as an overwhelming faith an uh, uh, unexplainable supernatural faith it's not natural normal the gift of faith is something overwhelming it's abnormal it's supernatural and it's very special mark eleven twenty three. 23 
It says, truly, I tell you, if anyone says of this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt, but has faith in their heart, believes in what they have said that will happen, it will be done for them. Faith is activated when, when you speak. So the word of faith is a, also a speaking word. You speak out the word of faith. Matthew 21, 22 says, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. So the gift of faith will come to bring for prayers to be answered, for sickness to be healed. The gift of faith is an overwhelming supernatural. Hebrews 11.1, 1. faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is tangible. It's evidence, the Bible says. My actions and my words prove that I have the faith I say I have. Several times the Bible says Jesus would see their faith. How did he see their faith? By their actions, by their words. Faith is visible. Some of you say, well, brother, I have faith, but you don't have any action in your life, and it's proof you you don't have faith. That's why the Bible says faith without works is dead. In other words, it doesn't matter if you have faith. If there's no works in your life, you don't truly have the faith. And so that's the gift of faith. The gift comes and gives you supernatural faith that otherwise would be incredibly hard to believe for. Okay. So if there's something in your life, miracle, a healing, a raising of the dead, a, a healing of the marriage, whatever it could be, and it's incredibly hard. It just seems impossible and you're struggling. I mean, this is like, there's no way my business is going to turn around. There's no way my marriage is going to be restored. There's no way God's going to save my kid. The gift of faith will come, empower you, and it'll let you believe, believe for something you never dreamed you could believe for. Luke 17, 6 says, if you have faith as of a mustard seed, you can say to the tree, be pulled up by the roots and go get planted in the sea and, that, and it would obey you. This is not figurative. This is literal. If you have the faith as a mustard seed. So Jesus goes, all you need is a tiny bit of faith. This is how powerful it is. Now, I believe the gift of faith is an increased amount of faith that gives you the ability to do the impossible, move the unmovable, shake the unshakable, break strongholds, and literally change the world around you. So the gift of faith is an increased measure of faith. Oftentimes I'm preaching and I'm at the altar and I recognize there is a gift of faith activating in me and I'll go up to somebody and believe God for the craziest things and they'll begin to happen because of a gift of faith. I believe some of the most radical miracles I've seen were from a gift of faith being activated. So that's something that you can activate, you can pray about and God will release. Now, a lot of you have experiences, you just didn't know it. And so now you're gonna start understanding you, you know this because you believe for something and everybody thought you were crazy. Everybody thought you were nuts. I told our team last year, I said, guys, I don't doubt that we're gonna have you know, 100,000 views a week on our videos. I have no doubt we're gonna reach hundreds of thousands of people and everybody, well, a lot of them had faith, but a lot of them looked at me like I was nuts. Well, how many know a couple months went by and now we're getting 300 to 400,000 views every week, four, three to four times what I was believing God for, but God gave me a gift of faith to believe God for something that didn't seem possible. I didn't have the following, I didn't have the right stuff, and I just had some faith. And so the gift of faith, and I speak right now over you, the gift of faith, over your marriage, I speak the gift of faith over your finances, the gift of faith over your kids, the gift of faith over your family, the gift of faith will give you an increased measure of faith that is able to move any mountain in your way. Okay, that's the gift of faith. Secondly, number two, category C, is the gift of healings, okay? Not healing, healings. Now I wanna to talk to you about the difference between healings and miracles. Healings relieve the body of disease or injuries and they can be done gradually. So when we're talking about healings, these are sometimes, not always, but gradual things. Miracles are usually instantaneously and do not only relate or refer to healing the body, 
healings usually and always refer to the physical body. If you see someone that doesn't have a body part, for instance, and all of a sudden God gives them a body part, that was not a healing, that was a creative miracle, okay? My aunt is in the chat right now. She was born with no inner eardrum. My grandma had German measles. And one of the first miracles we saw in our ministry was my aunt who was born deaf in one ear, get a brand new eardrum. She's in the medical field. God gave her a new eardrum she could hear now. That was not a healing. That was a creative miracle. Well, how do you know that wasn't a healing? Because you can't heal something that's not there, okay? So healing speaks of restoring something versus instant. Now, if you're not married and you ask God to heal your marriage, how is God going to heal your marriage if you're not married? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Now, it might be a miracle that you get married, but it's not a healing. Healings take place with something that's already there. If you have a bad ankle and you're praying, God will heal it. The gift of healings will heal your ankle. If you don't have an ankle and you want one to appear, that's the gift of miracles. So those are the difference between healings. Healings need something there to be able to take place. Otherwise, it's a miracle. Now, I've seen some people that have the gift of healings for certain areas. Sometimes in meetings, there will be a healing power present. And when I sense the healing power present, I move into healings. The man in Luke chapter five was lowered down to Jesus. Y'all remember the story? And the Bible says Jesus was teaching and the power was present to heal. So there was a certain power, a certain atmosphere was there to heal people. This is interesting because we see that there was a certain you know healing power activated to heal people's bodies. In this man's case, he was lame and God healed the man and he ended up leaving the meeting walking. So these are healing atmospheres. These are of healings now some people will have certain gifts of healings for certain body parts i know people that it's like man every time he prays for ears the ears get healed every time he prays for backs the back get healed every time he prays for ankles the ankles get healed every time he prays for eyes the eyes get healed these are gifts of healings that god will give and god will oftentimes anoint people i believe one of my gifts that god has given me for healings is for women that can't have kids i've prayed for many many women i'll pray for them tonight that have not been able to they have problems in their womb they have problems with whatever it is and they're unable to have children, I believe God has anointed me to be able to pray and the gift of healings will come and heal the womb, heal the body so they could ever be able to have kids. We have many stories from our ministry, from traveling, from our church of people that couldn't have kids god supernaturally healed them and they're able to have kids now if there's no body if they say listen you have no female productive part at all there in there they're good they're missing which i've had that before people tell me then you don't need a healing you need a miracle so those are the difference between healings and miracles now third right three number three this is the last gift we're going to go over this is the ninth one category c third one is the working of miracles now i hope someone's able to type all this out and post it in the chat after because i don't have this all explicitly written down written down but i'll go ahead and post this now if you want your listen many of you are saying please pray for my wife i, I will pray do not let me forget to specifically pray for healings over women that are, are unable that are barren okay let don't let me forget guys i'm going to specifically pray for that because i believe there's an atmosphere of faith tonight there's an atmosphere of healings and atmosphere of miracles the last gift I'm going to talk about, number nine. All right, we're at the last, we're at the ten, five yard line, guys. An hour and 40 minutes. We're right there at the end is the working of miracles. And I'll, I'll do more videos on these in more detail, but let's just give you the overview tonight. The working of miracles. Write that down. Working of miracles. Don't just write down miracles. It's the working of miracles. This gift usually brings instant results 
and is not limited to physical healings, okay? So it's instant and it's not limited to physical. The word miracles in the Greek is a dunamis, meaning power. So you can translate this word to the workings of powers or working of powers is the Greek translation. So this is working with the power of God, the dunamis power of God. These are miracles. This is the supernatural power of God manifesting at work to do what is rationally, logically, or naturally impossible. This is where you need the working of miracles gift. Deliverance is also referred to as a miracle. If you didn't know that, that's found in Mark 9. They tried to tell other people to start stop doing deliverance. And Jesus goes, do not forbid them for one who works miracles in my name will not speak evil of me. So they said, Jesus, these guys are casting out demons. They're not one of us. They're not in the clique. They're not in the crew. They're not in the ministry. Jesus says, don't stop them from doing deliverance. Anyone that works miracles is not going to speak bad about me. So deliverance is wor- is a miracle. So every time you do a deliverance, a miracle is happening. When you guys see our deliverance videos, when we're praying for you for deliverance, that is a miracle at work. So again, miracles and deliverances are related. A deliverance is a miracle. Unusual miracles, which is something in the Bible, Acts 19, means a miracle outside of the norm. God is getting ready to do this unusual right now in the name of Jesus. So some notable miracles in scripture. Thank you so much, those of you that are writing it out. Some notable miracles in scripture is in John 2, Jesus turned the water into wine. John 6, Jesus turned a couple loaves and, and fed 5,000. John 9, the man that was born blind from birth, that was a creative miracle. Acts 3, the lame man that couldn't walk from birth. Acts 20, a raising of a dead boy. Uh, Paul raised a dead boy. These are all not healings, okay? These are miracles. Sometimes miracles are activated, write this down, after an act of faith. For instance, Jesus put clay in a blind, a blind man's eye. That was an act of faith that activated the miracle. The disciples and Jesus would often say, rise up and walk, okay? Why are you saying rise up and walk? Because they can't walk and them rising up and walking is an act of faith. Moses threw the branch in the water and the water became sweet. The branch didn't turn the water sweet. Throwing the branch in the water was an act of faith. It was God that made the water sweet, but Moses had to participate with an act of faith. So usually acts of faith don't make sense, but just do them, okay? So you need to know that when God gives you an act of faith, I've had some crazy acts of faith. When my aunt got her ear healed, my cousin licked her finger and stuck it in my aunt's ear and my aunt was born deaf and she could hear, okay? That was an act of faith. These are things that God says they oftentimes feel foolish, sound foolish. He says, go ahead and walk to the temple and as they were walking, the lepers were healed. That was a healing, okay? But many of these things are activated in an act of faith. So if you're praying for somebody and you hear God tell you to do something irrational, illogical, foolish maybe, or weird, just go ahead and do it. These are acts of faith. Remember when Naaman said, I'm sick, and Elijah said, go wash in the water, dip seven times. And he's like, why should I dip seven times? It's so stupid, I don't wanna do it. And the servant says, Naaman, wouldn't you go do something if it was complicated? Why don't you just go do it if it's basic? Why did he have to dip seven times? It was an act of faith. He was healed after the seventh dip. Why did they march around the wall of Jericho seven times? It was an act of faith. So over and over, why did they bash the pitchers and blow the trumpets and then the army got defeated. It was an act of faith. Why did they raise their uh, staff and then the Red Sea opened? It was an act of faith, okay? Am I proving this enough to you guys? Acts of faith are all throughout the Bible. I could give you a hundred different acts of faith, but these activate miracle power. So get ready when you start doing miracles to activate miracle power. Now, let me give you this last thing. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, when Paul categorizes gifts, he says there are miracles and then gifts of healings. So he elevates the gifts of miracles slightly above the gift of healing. And Paul does in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, 28, give... Um, 
how important certain gifts are. So he goes, apostles, prophets, he gives them in an order, and he order of importance. So the gift of healings is below, according to Paul, not Isaiah, below the gift of miracles. But remember, all the gifts are powerful. All the gifts are essential. And I believe tonight God wants to activate. These are tools in a tool shed. 100% biblically, I believe every one of you can flow in every gift. Not all at once, of course, but whenever you need the gifts. And I pray and I prophesy over you that you're going to activate into these gifts, that you're going to begin to walk in these gifts, that God is going to be begin to do these gifts in your life. I believe it is the will of God. I believe it is the plan of God for you to walk in all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray over you now that God would begin to activate. Now, Paul tells us we can activate by the laying on of hands, but the Bible does say to pray and to pursue this. So I believe by prayer, go ahead and lay hands on yourself. I believe that God is going to activate these gifts on the inside of you. You're hungry. You're here. There's been over 900 of you this entire broadcast. I've been going for uh, an hour and 45 minutes. Okay, for all you haters that are like, oh, the only thing you know how to preach about is demons. Okay, you obviously haven't followed me for 10 years. I preached thousands of messages, and tonight I didn't preach at all about demons, but I believe this was a word from God. I believe next week God has given me some revelation and things and characteristics of the deliverance minister, and so I'm going to maybe talk about that next week, but stay tuned because we're going to continue to train and equip the body of Christ. I believe this was essential because we can't do what God has called us to do without these supernatural abilities, or you can say supernatural powers, superpowers, however you want to say it, it all translates the same. These are gifts from the Holy Spirit that he wants to release on the believer. Father, right now we come before you and your word says, Luke 11, 11, if we ask you for something good, you won't give us something bad. And so father, we ask you tonight for the gifts of the Spirit to begin to manifest in our lives. Not that they would all activate right now, but God, we're asking you throughout our daily life, throughout our ministry life, Lord, let us use these gifts. Let us experience these gifts. Father, we're praying right now for these gifts to manifest. I'm asking you, Lord, for those of you that have not been baptized in the Spirit, now's your moment. Father, I pray that you would just baptize every person in the chat in the Holy Spirit and fire. I pray your anointing right now to flow. Now, listen, if you've been baptized already in the Spirit with and you've never spoken tongues, I've already showed you in scripture, you have it. Begin to speak in it right now. Do not pray in English. Begin to pray in tongues if you've never prayed in tongues. This is your moment right now. Begin to speak in tongues. Father, I just pray right now, give them that faith they need, God, that you've already given them the prayer language. Paul says all of you could do it. I, I pray all of you do it. Right now, Lord, this is a language that every believer in Acts had when they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Let them pray in it, God. I pray for the activation of the nine gifts according to 1 Corinthians 12. I pray that you would activate these gifts in the name of Jesus right now. I just say an activation of gifts of faith, an activation of gifts of miracles, an activation of gifts of healings, of prophecy, of words of knowledge, words of wisdom, uh, unknown tongue. I pray that some of you would preach in tongues with the interpretation. I pray some of you would interpret your tongue. I'm telling you without a shadow of a doubt, every one of you tonight could pray in tongues and then interpret it and encourage yourself. Lord, we ask you in Jesus' name, this is your will. We're, we're not praying according to someone else's will. We're praying according to your will. And Lord, we know that you want to release this tonight in Jesus' name. Father, we just pray, activate, activate. Come on, pray that right now. Activate. We desire. Your word says to pursue. It says to desire. It says to seek out. And so we're doing what you said, Lord. We're desiring. Some of you have been in here two hours. You're hungry. You're desiring. And so, Lord, activate these things. Open up opportunities. Let us exercise. Let us sharpen. And let us walk in these gifts. In Jesus' name, we're praying for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Okay, I want to also pray for healing right now. If you need healing in your body, type one in the chat. 
God will heal you if you don't type one, but I just want to know how many of you are in here right now that have come for healing. I'm also going to pray for those of you that are barren, that you're not able to have children. We're going to pray that God would heal the wombs right now. Thank you so much for reminding me. Yes, we're going to pray right now for God to heal the womb. There is an atmosphere of healing. There's an atmosphere of faith. There's an atmosphere of deliverance right now. Okay, many of you sick. Literally hundreds of comments are coming through right now. Many of you are sick. Many of you need healing. Wherever you need healing at in your body, I want you to put your hand on that area of your body. I'm going to give you about 10 seconds to do this because there's about a 30 second delay. I want you to put your hand wherever you need healing and I want you to have faith. Okay, we're going to, we're activating the gifts right now. We're activating gifts of miracles. I'm asking the Lord right now, activate the gift of miracles, activate the gift of healing. And I'm praying that God would activate the gift of faith and that you would have faith like you've never had before. So right now, just put your hand on your body part and we're going to begin to pray. And God's going to use you as a conduit to bring healing over yourself right now. Father, we ask you that you would release the gift of miracles right now. You would release the gift of healings. I speak over you now. Be healed in Jesus' name. I speak to stomachs. I speak to backs. I speak to necks. I shrivel. I command disease to be shriveled up in Jesus' name. The Lord, the way you curse the fig tree, we curse cancer now. We bind all cancer. We bind all infirmity. We ask right now, for sickness to be broken now. We ask for healing to break out according to Psalms 1 and 3, 3, according to Mark 16, 70. We are not beggars. We are believers. You said to heal the sick. And so right now we speak the healing power of God. We speak the healing power of the Holy Spirit. Right now be released in Jesus' name. Be healed now. Be healed now through every person. I pray the Holy Spirit would flow through you and bring healing in Jesus' name. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Cancer, disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, pains, nerve damage, fibromyalgia. We speak now healing in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Father, I speak right now. Many of you are saying we want children. I say right now, I speak over every barren womb and I say be healed in Jesus' name. I command all sickness on the womb to be broken. I command all disease on the womb to be broken. We ask right now for creative miracles. If there's body parts that are missing over you, I speak now body parts be created. I speak creative miracles in Jesus' name. I come against now every demonic spirit Come on, husbands, lay hands on your wife. I command every demonic curse and spirit that is on the womb to be broken now in Jesus' name. I bind every barren spirit. I bind every womb curse now, and I command you to come off the womb in Jesus' name. Be Get out now. You have no power. You have no legal right. These are sons and daughters of God. And we say right now, come off the womb in Jesus' name. The curse is broken. The curse is broken in Jesus' name be healed and be restored in Jesus name. Okay. Many of you in the chat have COVID-19. I see all these comments saying, please pray for me. I'm very sick with COVID. I'm telling you right now, Acts 19 says there's power for unusual miracles. Acts 19 is going to break COVID-19 right now. Right now, I bind up that spirit of COVID-19. I break that demonic power. I pray, Lord, that you would bind that spirit up. And I pray for healing right now. Those of you that need healing, I pray for healing over COVID-19 now. Coronavirus, I say you have no power. You have no strength. The Lord rebukes you. And for everybody with COVID, I'm not one of those pastors that's in denial saying it's fake. I know many people that have had it. I know countless families that have had it. It's very real. It's a very real sickness. And we come against it now in Jesus' name. We say Acts 19 to break COVID-19. In Jesus' name, we say be healed now of COVID. 
And I pray, you know, they go on and say, you're going to have these all your life. How many of you have heard this? You're never going to smell. You're never going to taste. Your lungs are going to be damaged. I have people that are close to me. They say, you're always going to be this way. I come against that now. And I speak the healing power of God over your lungs, over your respiratory system. And I say, you will have no lasting damage of COVID-19. You will smell again. You will taste again. You will breathe again. We right now, we speak healing right now in Jesus name over this now in the name of Jesus we command this to be broken now every symptom every fever right now be broken loss of smell we command smell to come back now in the name of Jesus father we thank you now many of you are are saying is it a sickness is it demonic Jesus oftentimes dealt with sickness as if they were demonic not all sickness is demonic but some sicknesses are so every time I pray for sickness I deal with the demonic and I deal with the physical side so I pray for healing and I pray for deliverance over every sickness I pray for I pray for both the Bible says they brought the sick to Jesus and he drove demons out of them so we we cover both bases because we don't know whether something's demonic or not could be a spirit of infirmity could be natural Father, we thank you so much in Jesus' name for healing. We receive it. We speak those things that are not as though they are. We thank you that migraines are being healed. People are saying right now that they're feeling heat all over. They're feeling healing. Migraines are leaving. Headaches are leaving. In Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Someone said, I felt the witchcraft break. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, we say be healed over your friends, over your family. We say be healed and be restored in Jesus' name. Father, we just pray release the power. Activate these gifts activate your people and lord we thank you and we give you all the honor and all the glory lord i just want to say that guys all the honor all the glory all the praise goes to jesus he's the author he's the finisher he's the administrator of the gifts the holy spirit gives out these gifts to whom he pleases these are not to be abused these are not to be used like they're some toy these are tools in building the kingdom of god and i cannot wait to hear all the testimonies of those of you that are activating the gifts that are walking the gifts and to hear the stories of what god is doing if you're still watching on youtube please subscribe and like the video it really does help Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.